While it pursues a digital data-driven approach, the Air Force is still very much concerned with the physical world, including the materials that will be needed for aircraft of the future. The Air Force Office of Scientific Research and the Air Force Research Laboratory Materials and Manufacturing Directorate have formed a center of excellence with Carnegie Mellon University. Joining me with what that's all about, the Program Officer for Multiscale Structural Mechanics and Prognosis at the Air Force Office of Scientific Research, Dr. Jamie Tiley. Dr. Tiley, good to have you on. Yes, hello. Thank you. Tell us what is going on with this Center of Excellence and what types of research and inquiry you'll be doing there. One of the great new advances in material science has to do with the use of advanced computational tools. And what really hinders some of our development work when we're looking at new materials has to do with being able to optimize these materials for some of the extreme environments that we face. And over the last number of years, we've been working to develop new techniques using machine learning and and artificial intelligence techniques to try to answer some of the really deep driving questions that govern how materials behave and how materials are formed. So what we've done is we've teamed up with AFRL's Materials and Manufacturing Directorate and Carnegie Mellon University to form this center. And basically what this center does is over the next five years, it's going to be developing the tools and techniques that allow us to apply advanced machine learning and artificial intelligence methods to a vast number of very complicated material science and engineering issues. And in particular, what this will do is it will help us to train both our own Air Force researchers, but also the new generation of academic researchers and students coming to the system. Hopefully, this will give us in the near future um, a great data bank to pull new employees from and to use new ideas for us to advance some of these materials we're working with. So these materials, I said they were for aircraft. Is that primarily what they're for or other types of systems and platforms? Well, that's a very good question. So oftentimes, people think of the Air Force just in terms of airplanes flying, but we also do a lot of work in terms of our space structures. So things that are, you know, orbiting the Earth, for example. And a lot of these materials also end up a lot of commercial applications in terms of the automotive industry, as well as some of the ground-based systems that are used. So, for example, if we develop a new high-temperature application or a new electronic application, material may very well find a good use in electronics that end up maybe in uh, commercial uh, systems as well. Um, So, by and large, these materials tend to be aimed more at lightweight systems, materials that provide a multifunctional behavior that is they're conductive and yet still can do their primary focus, which might be providing strength or some kind of structure. But no, they're not, they're not just limited to uh, airplanes. Sure. And I guess there are some emerging materials that can shape shift and, and do all kinds of things and return to their former form without getting metal fatigue and all of this kind of structural new qualities. Is that part of what you'll be looking at? Yeah, so for probably the last two decades, we've been looking at a class of materials that actually can assume one particular shape under one set of environmental conditions, let's say, for example, at one temperature. And then when you change the temperature, the material will go to a different shape. And then upon cooling, for example, retain its original one. So these, we, call these, uh, we tend to call these shape memory Uh, materials. Well, these shape memory materials have a lot of applications and and switches and and different functions, but we're also looking at materials that go beyond that and using things like advanced origami techniques and advanced expanding techniques in order to get these materials to do things that they normally do not want to do naturally. 
Um, an example of that is if you were to pull on the materials, instead of them getting thinner, they actually may actually expand instead. Um, and behavior like that really has dramatic implications on the overall material response of some of these systems. And that's kind of what we're going to be looking at. So the whole idea of the center then is to try and use some of these advanced mathematical techniques to try and answer some of these very complicated issues that drive these properties um, by using tools that we really have not relied upon before to try and answer questions that we've basically been struggling with for quite some time. We're speaking with Dr. Jamie Tiley. He's Program Officer for Multiscale Structural Mechanics and Prognosis at the Air Force Office of Scientific Research. And will the Center of Excellence be a physical place? And if so, who will be there and what kinds of resources will be inside it? The actual center itself will reside at Carnegie Mellon University. And there are a number of laboratories that exist at that university that will be employing or working on these projects. But at the same time, the faculty and the students and, and researchers working on these projects will, will be working very strongly with Air Force Research Laboratory, which is in Dayton, Ohio. In that particular, at, located at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And that center also has a number of laboratories which offer tremendous both characterization as well as materials manufacturing capabilities. So the primary laboratories that will be involved have to do with both producing materials, whether it's polymer, composite, or metal alloys, and then being able to characterize or test and evaluate these materials. So you have, in a sense, within this project, a grouping of three distinct areas. One is the capabilities and laboratories that will manufacture samples, manufacture materials. The second one is a group of laboratories that then are able to characterize at the micro and nanometer scale what these microstructures, what these materials look like and how they perform under environmental tests. And then the third part, which is the computational resources. So you need computational labs that then can model this, this behavior and use those experimental tests to actually validate some of the models. When you roll all three of these together, that's, how come you ha that's why you have this unique combination of both our laboratories, our capabilities here at AFOSR, the capabilities at Wright-Patterson, and then the capabilities at Carnegie Mellon. But the center itself will reside at Carnegie Mellon. And whose supercomputer will you use? So we'll be using, that's a good, very good question. So there are a lot of computational resources that will be used. They'll be coming from um, Professor Elizabeth Holm. She's leading this effort for Carnegie Mellon University. And we'll be using their computation resources there. We're also going to be using the resources at Wright-Patterson as well. What really makes this a great collaboration is that we are using the Pittsburgh Supercomputer uh, Center for High Performance Computing Resources. But we're also able to partner with the capabilities at Wright-Patterson where they have tremendous computational capabilities as well. So by joining, in a sense, and sharing these capabilities, we're able to bring together the best in all three of these different areas and make, hopefully, uh, some tremendous advances in material science. Will industry have any involvement, and is there any mechanism for seeing how these resulting materials, if there are any, could be commercialized or scaled such that they could build a satellite or a shape-shifting wing out of them? So that's a, the, right now what we are doing is working with a multiple or multiple 
pro, we call them project officers, program managers here at AFOSR. In particular, we have um, Dr. Fariba Faru and uh, Dr. Eric Blask and Dr. Ming Jen Pan. They are also project officers who run their own portfolios, their own programs. And what we tr we tend to do is use this information from this center to try and transition the successes, the information that come out of these particular models out into our own portfolios. And by doing this, we're able to share the successes from these programs with a very wide group of individuals, which does include our original equipment manufacturers and contractors who are responsible for building and maintaining many of our weapon systems. So by, by connecting AFOSR, which tends to do a basic science research, with our AFRL laboratory colleagues back at Wright-Patterson, we're able to take the basic science fundamental research and pair that up with the applied engineering research. And in that sense, go from a very fundamental idea through a development and then into a capability-based research project, which then ends up in a transition to our warfighters. It sounds like sometime down the line we'll be able to have a one-inch piece of aluminum foil that can cover the whole meatloaf. It sounds that way. Um, <laughs> however, how thin it is is going to be the problem. One of the, the areas that we're really pushing for is trying to make use of computational tools as opposed to the traditional way we would go through of developing new materials. In the past, when we tried to develop a new, say, a new material alloy or a new material, it oftentimes took decades in order to go from a concept development through a certification and validation to where you could actually use the part or use the material to make some kind of a component. The cost associated with that is very expensive. And it used to be we could use and rely on the fact that we had a number of different weapon systems that we were constantly producing that we could, in a sense, use the materials on to gain engineering expertise. Otherwise, we could test them as we're developing. But that's not the case anymore. And instead, what we have is an environment where we have a very rapid demand for material and system changes. And we have a very limited number of weapon platforms in order to test and validate these equipment systems on. And as a result, we have to rely more and more on these computational techniques in order both to develop and test and evaluate what materials are. Now, this is good in a way because it allows us, it reduces the cost associated with actually making and producing materials and then trying to optimize them. But at the same time, it puts a lot more burden on computational understanding and the techniques and tools needed to analyze large data sets. So a big part of this effort actually is structured around how do we make sense out of data that's coming from multiple characterization tools multiple sources. You know, how do you combine data, for example, that's coming from a digital medium like an SEM with optical microscope data or with chemistry data that's coming from an um, analysis test? And those kind of techniques that allow us to do that, these data fusion techniques, we think are one of the next steps in us being able to expedite our materials development. Dr. Jamie Tiley is Program Officer for Multiscale Structural Mechanics and prognosis at Air Force's Office of Scientific Research, and I'm glad you're in charge of this kind of stuff. Thanks so much for joining me. Well, you're very welcome. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. 
First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.